Welcome to the News Grubs podcast, a new and refreshing news format presented by the one and only Scotto, AP and The Fish. Hi everyone, welcome along to the News Grubs. Scotto here with you and as usual, Fishy and AP hey. are joining me. Hi guys. Hi Scotto. Uh, this week we're looking at Taiwan and rum. Hmm, wonder what they've got in uh, common. Missile flights out of North Korea, there's something new. Is flying to Mars dangerous? Hmm. And what do uh, Google and the Mafia have in common? But more importantly, why can't you get chips with your KFC in Kenya? All that will be answered shortly, but let's start off with another example of the stupidity, in my opinion, of the metaverse world. Fishy! When I read this story, Scott, I couldn't believe how out of control it's now getting. Again? Um, uh, uh, yes. Paris Hilton threw a New Year's Eve party, a virtual one, in a metaverse, and I'm going to use that uh, expression globally because metaverse also is a uh, trademarked thing. Oh, do we have to pay money uh, to um, metaverse every time we say the word metaverse? No, because we're uh, referring to it in a new newscast. Just checking. Yeah, <laughs> that's Thanks. all right. But it's getting out of control. Uh, uh, in this uh, party that uh, apparently... Paris Hilton and others have thrown. I think Snoop Dogg was involved oh. involved in it as oh well. Dear. Um, the whole idea was uh, you're supposed to sort of hang hang out with them. Uh, a question for you: How do we know it's really them? Because the avatars that are being presented on the screen have no way of verifying that it is <clears throat> the supposed star that uh, you're meant to be uh, following or. Um, harassing or whatever it might be. Yeah, it reminds me of the old days when I used to um, MSN, um, as it used to be. Remember the old MSN messenger thingy? Sure. With Jenny McCarthy, who was a uh, a former porn actress, but then became a a regular actress. And she and I were having an affair for about, I don't know, two years on uh, MSN. I was convinced it was her, but there could be some doubt. And I suspect this could be a similar thing, is what you're saying. It is, but that's not that's not what my complaint is about. My complaint is, it's getting out of hand from a financial perspective. For example, mm-hmm. Gucci have jumped on the bandwagon here, figures, and they've set up little shops and stalls and little little areas you can go into and sample the goods and touch them if you can touch them in a virtual. And world. you can buy a handbag for a lot of money for like real money. For real cash. Good lord. Right? So it's creating this 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 paradigm, if we can call it that, of uh, using your hard-earned money now and spending it at another cyber level that you don't have much control over. And I'll explain that in a minute. So I also saw... A, 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 an article or a, or a, a video piece recently on television uh-huh. where land in virtual uh, cities and towns uh-huh. they're being transacted people are paying one person paid nine hundred thousand dollars for a plot no. of land no. seriously oh, another paid four hundred and something thousand dollars and of course it's digital it's not uh, like an NFT thing. It's just, here, take my money and <laughs> reserve that for me so I can use it <clears throat> as an avatar um, and show off to my friends. It's just getting out of control. That is just bizarre. 
I'm really concerned about it. That is just now, bizarre. You might remember, Scotto, mm -hmm. we covered uh, Second Life, which is, to be quite honest, the genesis of Metaverse. I reckon uh, Mark Zuckerberg copied Second Life when he uh, thought up the Metaverse. Because right. Second Life, my memory serves me correctly, formed in about 2009 or or eight, something like Somewhere that. around there, yeah. And Telstra Corporation, which is a large telephone carrier in Australia, spent a vast amount of money, several million dollars, setting up an island. They did, yes. Uh, to try and bring customers in uh, to this uh, universal um, uh, land, so to speak. And uh, they thought that they could capitalise on that and sell to these people. And then after giving it a whirl for two years, Telstra pulled the pin on it, losing a lot of money. And deservedly so. On the thing. And it kept going for a little while. And I believe it went on in some form, some sort of watered down version, not the Telstra one, but the entire Second Life thing, until about 2020 when they finally shut the door on it. And if someone wants to check that, they can fact check me on that one and I'll be interested to hear what you've got to say. But, but uh, I personally think it's doomed to fail a second time and i also think that the regulators are going to start stepping in when people think they're buying real land or fake real land uh in this uh, metaverse for real money yes, and well, for a value that is commensurate correct with buying real land in say australia britain united states canada or in just the central land which will host a, host a fashion district where Andrew Cagle, uh, who's a businessman who owns 50% of the virtual real estate company, paid $2.5 million for 116 pieces of virtual land on which it'll be sited. I mean, that's just... It's bizarre. It's bizarre. How do they establish the legal rights to something that is is imaginary? I mean, okay, the airspace is up there somewhere, uh, but it's just stupid. And I mean, the, the, uh, the Avatar stuff, you, the, it's digital branding by big names. Mm. And they're uh, not even yeah. attractive avatars. I mean, it looks like a really bad um, Chinese copy of a Vietnamese copy of an Indian copy of a Kenyan of a Ugandan copy of a, ja a Japanese anime picture. Which astounds me because yeah. gaming gaming today, uh, all sorts it's of... It's amazing. You know, it, the resolution and the photorealism is just brilliant. But this is nothing like that. This is like going back 20 years. Oh, it's, it's worse than a Richie Rich comic from when I was seven. <laughs> Pathetic. Uh, but not everyone's in favour of it. Uh, unsurprisingly, uh, Jack Dorsey, the former uh, Twitter chief, and uh, Elon Musk uh, both believe it's yet another bid by tech companies to assert dominance by taking control of our future interactions. And that's the key to this, I think. It's a, 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 a digital... Or a, 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 a non-actual interaction between human beings where eventually, instead of all these people being in their uh, mum's basement drinking uh, Red Bull and uh, eating pizza and hacking into the Pentagon, they're all just going to be uh, having these amazing relationships with uh, people that don't actually exist. Like a lot having, you know, a thousand friends on Facebook and it turns out that you actually, well, don't know any of them. Can you imagine the mental problems that are going to come up?
It's not going to be good. I'm glad I'm going to be dead. Now, Scott O'Fishy, on episode three of News Grubs, we went into China erasing Lithuania. I remember that. It's, it's trade. Uh, it's trade access, mm-hmm. uh, import, export, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a new twist. Oh, Taiwan has just bought twenty thousand bottles of Lithuanian rum, which <laughs> was destined for China. Oh, so they've stolen the rum, as it were. Uh, it's a state-run company stepped in to buy the twenty thousand bottles rejected by China, and uh, it. Uh, it comes after Lithuania allowed Taiwan to open a de facto embassy there, which was the uh, the beginning of the issues with China, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the... Um, uh, so, was the, it the case that China refused to accept their order of rum? That's right. From, right. Yeah, because, because of the de facto uh, embassy that was set up uh, in Lithuania by Taiwan. Yep, so Taiwan have stepped in and said, oh, we'll write you a cheque for that. And uh, now they've got 20,000 bottles of rum. Now, we have amongst us a resident expert in rum. Oh, yes. Uh, So, Scotto, tell us a little bit more about this rum story. Right, so you'd be referring to me because when you think of rum, you do think of meat because I do (laughs) drink the odd palate. Well, I actually, when I think of you and rum, I think of slurring. Oh, yes, that's true. You'd be, pleased, you'd be pleased to know I haven't actually had uh, more than about four today, so it's a good start. Oh. Now, I, I have to be honest, I did not know that Lithuania actually produced rum. Mm. Uh, but having said that, uh, I imagine, well, clearly they do, and I imagine that it must be a reasonable drop uh, because now Taiwan, of course, has 20,000 bottles of it. Now, in fairness, that's not a massive amount, so it's not as no, if it's going to change the entire drinking habits of Taiwan, but... What the Taiwanese government are doing very cleverly uh, are alerting their population to this wonderful new uh, arrival mm-hmm. and they're uh, doing all sorts of advertisements and promotions and so on to urge their uh, citizenry to buy this rum and then uh, they're also sharing recipes of how to make cocktails, you know, things like a dark, oh. uh, sorry, a dark and stormy, which is basically a rum and coke. Uh uh, rum-infused French toast. Now, there's something that I've probably, well, in fairness, never had in France, but I'm sure it's good, uh, and a variety of other rum drinks. Um, so I imagine that the uh, the Taiwanese are just going to be tickled pink about this yeah. new thing, and I think it'll open up a whole new um, export market uh, for Lithuanian rum, uh, and it could well uh, perhaps overtake some of the more traditional rum um uh, cultural well, behemoths, i.e. Uh, Guatemala, uh, Cuba, um, Barbados. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the world's biggest rum maker, Bacardi, formerly <laughs> of Cuba, um, ha- end up making uh, or building a factory in Lithuania uh, to uh, commence production of Bacardi rum uh, in a Lithuanian style. Can I ask you a question? Certainly. <laughs> That might. Yes, go right um, ahead. Do you think Taiwan mm-hmm. uh, intercepted, not intercepted, but put their hand up to take by, take the order uh, that China didn't want just so they could push China's buttons? Oh. Sorry, China's buttons? Buttons? Uh, look, I think that's probably uh, a very fair assessment. Uh, see, yeah. 
they, they learned that it probably would be blocked from entering China. Uh, a bit like Australian beef, um, well, everything except um, iron ore, frankly, because, you know, the mm. Chinese don't like us very much. Um, and you've got to remember this all started because China uh, – sorry, uh, Taiwan used to be or would, as far as the Chinese are concerned, should be called Chinese Taipei, not Taiwan. Um, so Taiwan is clearly – uh, ramping up the pressure on um, uh, China to either invade them or uh, nick off. Um, yes. And, of course, then China uh, subsequently or has recently uh, downgraded its diplomatic relations with Lithuania. I'm surprised that there's anyone in China that even knows where Lithuania is, to be honest. You're probably right. Jim. Like, it only accounts for 1% um, of Lithuanian exports. I'd say there's a... I'd say there's at least one person in China who knows what Lithuania is, and that's the person that made or placed the original order with Lithuania. No, I think he was probably thinking it was Guatemala, and he got confused. He was oh. after some uh, nice Barbados ram or some probably right, ram. Because the guy that pressed the button to cancel all this stuff, he doesn't need to know where they are. That's right. He just All he had to do was press the button saying, no more, no more Lithuania. <laughs> The director of the Robert Kroger Centre on Ageing at the Mayo Clinic, Dr. Oh, Mayer, says there are fears the trip to Mars will accelerate cellular ageing. Don't like the sound of this. Yeah, yeah we, <laughs> I don't even know, know what that is, but I don't like the sound of it. We know like, there's some there's some big words coming up too, so oh, pay no. attention. Oh, um, <laughs> Brain's hurting already. <laughs> <laughs> now we know that there's been Mars probes. Uh, we know that I think wasn't the first expedition to Mars the little fellow landed and I don't know exploded but they never got any camera images back again so that was a big you know now the first one to Mars was in 1976 I think it was wasn't that Mars Rover 1 it yeah, was they, uh, yeah the yeah the Rover the Rover uh, and then Rover they sent one. one they sent one that didn't work uh, so that was a great flop and now they've sent one which is just crawling all over Mars you know sending back you know 4K images and the Chinese are there seconds. doing 6K images that's right. So uh, we all know that uh, there's a lot of interest in Mars, either as a uh, future habitat for the human race, uh, or, I don't know, mining companies are going to go over there and turn it into a floating stone. Well, yeah, big mining companies will be there for sure, because we've seen it on, uh, on the movies. But we know that astronauts travelling at a distance from Earth can exhibit changes that are consistent with acceleration of DNA molecules inside cells... This is where the big Linked. words are starting, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's coming. Oh. Linked to a process called senescence, which is a fundamental driver of the ageing process. I thought there was a rum. Uh, senescence? Yeah. No, no, it's ageing. From Lithuania. It's a <laughs> yes, oh, there you go. Boom, boom. Um, if there happens to be a solar flare during a Mars flight, the atoms that are set out are at such high velocity... And they, they can reduce, uh, well, they can induce our cells to become senescent. Oh, my God. Another rum. Uh, and these senescent cells can drive a lot of diseases oh, no. and related changes. So where does that leave us, gentlemen, in terms of, uh, of heading over to Mars to start a new life? Well, I'm not going to be yeah. signing up for the Elon Musk thing right at the moment then, I've got wow. to say. Because isn't he supposed yeah. to be putting somebody on Mars in a couple of years? 
Well, he's projected uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX plans to send flights to Mars en masse potentially as early as 2026. Now, I had a question when I read this article earlier, gentlemen. Right. And that is, you know how these fellows, uh, Sir Richard Branson, for instance, said that he was going to be uh, sending uh, paying passengers uh, into space. When did he first start saying that? Oh, about 15 15 years ago. 16 years ago. Okay. Okay. So so, uh, 2000 and... Uh, let, me, let me do the maths here. I'll just call so it 2016. The, that'll yeah, in the mid in the mid 2000s. Yeah, people were talking about passenger flights into space. Okay, when did it actually happen? Last year. Yeah. So Elon Musk saying here, as early as the magic words, mm-hmm. 2026. Well, that's five years from now. The year well, that, being well, 2026. Well, well, actually, if you're talking about Sir Richard Branson and his uh, project, yeah. he has suspended his project at the moment because of. Uh, some other design issues and so, so on. So that's delayed sending proper paying passengers up for yeah. God knows how long. I can beat that. Yeah. In 1969, might have been 1970 or 1968, one or the other, I remember watching on the television news the man by, that bought the very first ticket on the very first Pan Am flight to the moon. Wow. Wow, that didn't go well. Well, he's probably dead. Pan Am's gone belly up, um, and no one's actually been to Moonbase Alpha yet. No. Uh, But I am worried about this, though. I mean, you know, we can go to the moon, we can hang around there, but um, I suppose so. When you think about it, when uh, Christopher Columbus set off to find the new world and discover America, and even though he never actually stepped foot on the continental United States anyway, but that's a whole different issue. Mm. Um, they didn't know what they were getting into. So exploration is dangerous. It is dangerous. And even going to the moon, Scott, is dangerous. Absolutely. You've got to go, you go across that Van Allen belt of high radiation. Yeah, but we, you know, hardly anyone gets you know two heads out of that. Uh, so we, I don't think we want, want to worry and unnecessarily. I think sacrifices have to be made for the greater good. Uh, and if people are silly enough to sign up to Elon Musk's uh, rocket ship, uh, I'm not calling them stupid. Um, I wouldn't do it. I think it's stupid. I suppose in one way I did. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they're they taking a risk. And, um, I mean, when they get there, let's face it, True. it's not as if they can pop down to their local KFC or... Um, Bunnings or um, Mitre 10 or Home Depot or something and, and, and get a, a house or pop down to the RV shop and get a caravan or anything. They've got to la- live in what they l- arrive in. So it's going to be uh, an experiment right from day one. And if yeah. you're experimenting, then sometimes it doesn't go particularly well. I remember the sodium in the swimming pool at school. Didn't go well. Had to get a whole new swimming pool for the school, but it was fun. And the whole thing about uh, going over to Mars is uh, the the end game is a Mars colony. So if you're taking off at 19 years old and you arrive there with a biological age equivalent to obtaining a pension card... Oh, that's going to be an issue. It's not going to go well. And then they haven't even looked into issues of reproduction uh, after after enduring uh, flights with, uh, you know, the, what they're talking about with the sun's radiation, etc. Well, and the Mayo Clinic researchers are only commencing the first study into potential ageing effect of Mars trips next month, February 2022. Oh, so they, they, they haven't even actually investigated it yet and they're, they're nah, sprouting well, on saying it, it could be nah, bad. Oh, that's big ridiculous. Article, big article about it that we're talking about now and uh, research into it hasn't even begun. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go on the record, News Grubs Episode 7, as saying that Elon Musk's 
potentially as early as 2026. I reckon 2036. They won't have sent a passenger I'm, flight. I'm going to back you on that because he made a lot of promises about Tesla and uh, what what the next version is going to entail. Yeah, and he and he let a lot of customers down when it, like, he did he didn't follow through on it, and it's just spin obviously because they want to raise more money and and I'm with you on it. All right, I'll I'll jump on the bandwagon. That's good enough for me then too. Twenty thirty six before we see any excitement. Now, I don't know whether you guys have ever been caught on a Google Maps picture. I have a couple of times. I, in fact, I was no. just, like, just last week. I had a, I was in the city and a little man walked past me uh, in a little tiny laneway in Sydney with his little um, 500 cameras on. He looked like a space weirdo. But anyway, that's a different thing. Um, wonderful thing. Find out all sorts of things uh, on uh, Google Maps and Street View. Very handy. Lo and behold, it's also incredibly useful in crime detection. Yeah. A uh, man called General Nicolas Alterio, who is the deputy director of Italy's anti-mafia investigation department. <laughs> Strangely enough, I sound German there, not Italian. I'm not sure why. A little, little bit of Russian in there too. Probably a bit of Russian. Yeah. Watching too much um, Hogan's Heroes, I suspect. Anyway, <laughs> he discovered that fortune favours the bowl because as part of his investigation into the mafia he was sitting there one day and he happened to notice on a street view uh, picture yes he thought to himself blake looks a bit familiar lo and behold 20 years ago a chappy called g mr gamino Basically, a, a, a mafioso. Well, I was coming to that. Uh, escaped from prison. He was a mafioso. And lo and behold, there he is on Street View in uh, a town northwest of Madrid. Bingo, you're nicked my old son. And Nail. he was facing murder, wasn't he? Facing all sorts of charges. Yeah. Murder and a variety of other charges. Um the uh, investigators in Palermo declined to say how they traced Mr. Gamino to that particular town. But um, since the uh, the general or the deputy director has come out and said, well, no, we spotted him on uh, Google Maps and Street View. That's how we actually worked it out. So, wow, don't you have to be uh, careful when uh, you're a villain of standing outside a restaurant. There's a, a picture of him right uh, here in the, the Google Street View image. Now, I'm surprised if he was in the mafia, he didn't see a camera and just pull out a gun and shoot it. I thought they were supposed to blur out your face. If uh, if Google took a snap of people, your face was supposed to be blurred out. If they took a picture of the registration plate of a car, that's supposed to be blurred out. Oh, I think those days have gone now. I mean, there's 7 billion people in the world. And, and, and the uh, num- street number of a house or business premises is supposed to be blurred out too. So, geez. So here he is had- standing outside oh. El Cuarto de Mundo, uh, yeah. which I guess is the name of the business right on the top of it. It's a bloody long name of a street. That isn't blocked out, I've got to tell you. Nothing is. There's well, Santander Bank over there. There's a little nice car registration. Uh, Bravo, Charlie, Echo, Nine uh, one Tango um, Romeo. So um, what, what? What a lot of bad luck for the guy then. Well, not for the investigator. No, the investigator. What a lot of good luck. For good luck for him. You'd have to think. Unblurred, unblurred images. I think. Um, I think perhaps that it raises the question: Do law enforcement agencies benefit from a, a raw a raw feed? 
before the video processing that Fishy mentioned earlier, because that's Ooh, that's a that very clear picture. They're showing many aspects, as Scotto said. So there's my question. Uh, do, do law enforcement benefit from a... Uh, they, uh, AP, they must have had other information to be able to conclude that that's probably him in, say, a blurred version of the photograph, and then they've probably gone to Google and said, look, give us a clear, uh, unblurred version, please. And then, of course, the pieces of the puzzle start fitting in. So I think there was other information. Yeah, two, Pro- two decades on the run. And I love it when a news article can genuinely use the word henchman. Oh, don't you I was love a henchman. Normally, you normally think of cartoons. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, I was about to say that because I, I was a bit um, disappointed with the article because there, that was the only reference to a mafia term. And, and I was really looking forward to things like snitch and <laughs> those sorts of things. I, mean, I think, and it's probably likely there was a snitch. And he claims, of course, uh, not long after he was arrested, he claims that he hadn't even uh, spoken or telephoned his family for 10 years. Yes. So he would avoid any, any detection. So it's just bad luck that um, all these things coalesced together to build um, enough evidence uh, for the... Uh, the police now to ju- jump on him and arrest him. Well, I've let read me... through the article and there's no, there's no reference to how many people he whacked. Ah, yes. oh, that's disappointing. A little bit further into the into the article, I'm actually reading a slightly different version of the article, but the same story. I'm and I'm looking here. It says the man in the image had the same size and build as Mr. Gamanio. Uh, said the uh, general, uh, as described earlier, and investigators noticed that the store shared the same telephone number as a nearby restaurant that had closed oh. some years ago. But its social media pages remained online, including one with a photograph of the restaurant's chef standing oh. next to a wood-burning pizza oven, uh, implied age-old progression technology of the photo of uh, our uh, man, and came to the conclusion, right, that's him, we'll get him, but except in an Italian uh, voice, of course. <laughs> Yes. I can't do an Italian um, police. Not, um, an English, not an English Bobby. No, not an English Bobby. Well, maybe it was on loan to the... Um, the, the hello, uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. You all nick me, old son. So, um, yeah, so be careful if you're uh, out and about and you see one of those things. Always, And I did it the other day. Always turn your head so they can't get you on film. It's much safer. Yeah. Than As usual, North Korea is playing around and experimenting with firepower. Again? Yeah, again. What is it this week? Well, this week's probably a bit more concerning than your uh, uh, regular uh, story. Really? Actually, you're a bit of a... Uh, aeronautics and military expert, aren't true. you? I, I, that's true. The um, Department of Defence in uh, the United Kingdom, uh, Australia, America, Japan, North Korea uh, and China all come to me for expertise advice, correct? Oh, you'll do then. Okay. Happy days. What can I do for you? Well, have you heard about this hyper-missile? Oh, yeah. Uh, know everything about it. Write the book. Write the book. Hypersonic missile. Yeah. Hypersonic missile. Yeah. What, what can, do you want to know? Can you tell the audience what this is? Because they're making a big deal of it. Easy. They're, they're, they're saying it's better than a ballistic missile. Okay, yep. Am I, am I giving uh, the description to a room full of pointy heads or to just the audience? <laughs> uh, I think let, let, let's split the difference and go for the moron. Right, okay. So basically people that don't know anything, right. Okay. <laughs> Basically, what you've got is a rocket fires this thing up into space, it breaks off, flies like buggery, goes down low, smashes into what you've targeted. 
blows it up. That's right. it. That's but it. It, fly, it flies, doesn't it? Yes, and it goes very fast. Hence and the it, term hypersonic. So what, what does a ballistic missile do? It goes just pretty quick. It goes up, uh, way up into the uh, stratosphere, um, falls down or sort of goes in a, uh, a particular radius, sort of curvy kind of a thing. There's a word for it that escapes Parabolic? Me. That'll do. Uh, and then goes down and goes boom on, uh, on the target and blows it up. And, and with, with ballistic ones, you don't really steer them, do you? Well, you can do. I mean, you can have multi-head uh, uh, nuclear missiles. Um, for argument's sake, your Trident II missile has uh, at least eight independently targetable warheads to it. Um, but we're not uh, talking about that. We're talking about a hypersonic missile, which uh, goes up to about I don't know, 120 kilometres um, in the particular case of the uh, Korean one, as I recall writing for them. Uh, sorry, as I recall um, reading somewhere. <laughs> uh, and then um, uh, it goes uh, zooming down at about 6,200 k's or thereabouts. <sighs> Um, I can't remember what that is in miles an hour. Let me just do a quick calculation. Carry the three. About 3,850 miles an hour. So it's pretty quick. Okay. Uh, and then is able to precisely hit a target uh, at whatever distance it was. And it can hug the earth, basically. Correct. The, the, land, the landscape. Correct. Just like a, like a jet aeroplane. Correct. And that's yeah, what makes yeah. them so allegedly dangerous. Now, I'm going to point out, though, that this particular case, it's not really that dangerous. Oh. Why? Because everyone knew they'd done it, and they've now subsequently come out and said they've done it. But uh, the initial launch was detected. So part one, we know that they've launched something. Now, all right, we don't know what it was and where it was heading, oh, and that's the part that's a bit concerning. It uh, could be anything. It could be a satellite that they hmm. launched. Well, you've got to remember, though, that uh, Americans, Russians, Chinese, Japanese, even us, have some capability of launch detection, so we can see that something's been launched. We've then just got to try and figure out what it was and where it's going. Should we be worried? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I only went 700 kilometres. I mean, if you're in Japan, I'd be um, hiding in the dunny. Uh, But from our point of view here in Australia, no, I wouldn't be worried in the slightest. I wouldn't even be that panicked in... uh, uh, west coast of America, India, I might be a bit nervous. China, I'd be um, hiding in the bomb shelter. Russians, I but wouldn't worry about it. They're drunk. For the moron. Yes. Or should they be worried? Panicked like there's no tomorrow. Right. Okay. Absolutely <clears throat> bricks if you get my drift. Now, you know how KFC's all over the world? Mm-hmm. Yes. I didn't realise that they were also in Kenya. Do you think Kenya's part of the world, you idiot? <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of like just because uh, they're in the world, it doesn't mean KFC is all around the world. Is is well, that no, doesn't mean that KFC have bothered to put a shop in there. Yeah, KFC are, are where KFC makes money. <laughs> yeah, so which I think is pretty much in every country in the world. <laughs> all right, leave me alone. Okay, sorry. <laughs> An interesting story came up this week yes. uh, about a problem uh, with a potato shortages mm. in uh, Kenya right. uh, that has impacted on whether you can get chips or fries, if you oh. call it that, with your chicken. Your so KFC. you can't have a chicken chips? Correct. Oh. Now, it's not because there's a shortage of them right. per se. Right. It's because, see, uh, Kenya has an abundance of potatoes. Yeah. It's just that uh, the KFC people, mm-hmm. the, the corporation that runs uh, KFC, mm-hmm. 
uh, haven't um, uh, gotten around to uh, testing the potatoes uh, that meet their very stringent standards. Right. Uh, and they're more worried about people's health as well, so they want to make sure that whatever the potatoes are, that you know, they're not going to impact on people's health. So, right. But they haven't gotten around to that. Right. Uh, Hungry Jacks apparently have... Uh, Burger King, or, even. Or Burger King, which is the equivalent. Yes. Uh, and a few other uh, places. Basically, they have the fast food um, place that has uh, chippies. Yeah, and it looks like KFC's either the last one or the only one uh, to get around to it. So it's created all sorts of problems. Remember the KFC problem that they had in England a couple of years back? And again, yes. as we speak, can't get some buzzard. Can't get the oh, chicken. Oh, no, really? Oh, it's chicken well. shortage. Yeah, chicken shortage everywhere. We've had it here for that matter. But um, oh. KFC's preferred supplier for sliced potatoes is Egypt. Who would have thought? Yeah. And they can't get the uh, they can't get the sliced potatoes out of the a, a, a particular Kenya. a particular potato though. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm looking at a photo of a potato market here in Kenya, uh, and it's in fairness one of um, Kenya's favourite foods. I mean, they grow more potatoes than you can poke a stick at. In fact, I, I think, think it's, it's their the, second or third biggest. It's this. It's their second. Yeah, there you go. You see, so, second biggest industry. I think. So they're, they're, KFC are more than happy to be able to get their chicken from there, their buns, the flour, the ice cream, everything else, but chippies. I'm suspicious, I've got to say. They were, offering, they were offering the alternatives, uh, a portion of the national staple ugali, oh, which is probably I mean, like us, probably like uh, Fishy and I walking into our favourite uh, uh, takeaway vendor uh, up in Sydney right. and asking for a Jack's a spicy burger and a wheat bix. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, it's, I'm not sure what a uh, whatever it was that you said. Ugali, was ugali. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure well, what that actually some is. Some kind of noodle thing, probably. And maize. They were offering maize meal as well, which is probably like having two wheat bix with your chicken. Pretty well, maize is maize is the biggest product. Which is, yeah. let's face it, corn at the end of the day. Yeah. So you can have a uh, lump of corn with your um, uh, three piece feed. I think there's something else going on here. I'm suspicious think, of this. I think there's some sort of political thing. I think there might be a bit of corruption involved. Gee, in know. Kenya, who would have thought? Yeah, <laughs> someone probably wants a, you know, a, a, a backhander, that sort of thing. I don't know. Something's going on. The article says the potential local suppliers had not gone through KFC's quality assurance process that makes sure our food is safe for consumption by our customers. Yeah, so, well, why don't they put them through the process then? Exactly. Yeah. And why so don't why don't they want to go through the process? The farmers themselves, if they if yes. they're getting the chicken and the rice and the um and the flour and the buns and all the rest of it, that's all. Yeah, something suspicious. And but why do Burger King and all the other takeaway joints? Why why don't they have a problem with the potatoes that are grown locally? I'm not suggesting that there's money wanting to be changed hands here, but it certainly sounds suspicious. Well, there's a local brand called Chicken Inn. I double N. You know, right. It was like a chicken hotel. Makes sense. Uh, released an advert with a smiling man tucking into a box of chips, all locally sourced, of course. It's got to be doing some so damage to KFC. Punishing. Yeah, they're punishing KFC. And deservedly I think, so. I think Ker the Colonel Chicken better um, lift his game. Oh, the Colonel would be basting in his grave, Fishy. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> well, that's it for News Grubs this week, everyone. We'll be back next week with all the news that is worth delving into deeply as weevils in a sack of flour do. Now, if you like what we do, 
Um, feel free just to pop up to the right-hand side of the website and click on the donate button. That'll just help us out that ever so little bit. Uh, and we would love to uh, hear your comments as well. You can do that on Facebook uh, or Twitter for that matter, um, or even uh, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you and, and see yep. what you think of News Grubs. We'll see you all again next week. Bye-bye, everyone. See you later. Thanks for listening to the News Grubs. We'll be back next week. Thank you.